Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can download the CDM app. Come join the growing platform where you can access our praying community of disciple makers and learn from our podcasts, blogs, and videos that will help you know how to make disciples in your life and ministry. While you're on there, you can support this podcast by following the link to our Patreon. Your support allows us to continue to offer and create new content and support disciple makers like you as you transform your communities with the gospel of the kingdom. And as a thank you, those who give at least $5 a month will have access to our premium content that dives even deeper into the challenges and tips for disciple making. Today's podcast, we are going to be talking about uniting ministries for movement within a church. You see, in ministry, we've taken different actions of following God and we've separated them we've we've specialized in them we've isolated them from one another i mean within the church essentially we've created these silos of ministries that are separate mm-hmm. silos of expertise that are separate and when we separate and isolate those things from one another each one actually loses its power. Bringing them together again will produce more fruit and growth than we've seen in a long time. And I'm reminded of uh, Romans chapter 12 as we're talking about this. If I cut off my hand, then I just got a hand laying there on a table. It has no power separated from the body. If I cut off any of my appendages, then that you have removed their power. They only can function to their fullest capacity when they are connected to the body. And to use another metaphor in scripture, you know, in in John chapter 15, and we can't function and bear fruit as disciple makers unless we are connected to the vine, which is Jesus Christ. So we weren't created to be disconnected. We were created to be united in effort together. And we're going to have to fix that. And certainly actions were not meant to be so separated. You know, most of the things in the Bible that are commands and actions, they're told for all of us to do and not just say, well, I'm really good at prayer. So I'm just going to focus on prayer and let people do all the rest of the stuff. And somebody says, I'm really good at evangelism. So I'm just going to focus on evangelism and let everybody else do all the rest of the stuff. You know, the, the reality is, is that when you go back to the concept of the body, All of the things in our bodies don't operate separately from each other. In fact, as we go through our life, you know, we are, our body is, the different parts of our body are united to do specific tasks and to be able to do specific things together. And they all participate in various actions together. If I'm going to eat, I'm going to be using my hands, my mouth, my eyes, my, you know, the, my arms, all these different parts of my body. And that's just external parts. And then there's internal parts that are working together to go through the eating process. And so why are we saying that? So we've taken different aspects of obedience and separated them and saying, we're going to be doing these separately at separate times And then people who particularly are interested and or like, or maybe fancy themselves as specialists in these various things will all now hyper-specialize in all these various aspects without really fully participating in the other ones. 
And so now we become these separate things out there trying to fulfill different tasks. And that actually weakens the power of us being fully equipped disciples really doing what we do. So in fact, Paul and I, when we are trying to coach people to be disciple makers or even missionaries on the field or something, we're trying to say like, you know, we shouldn't have separate prayer teams from people who engage only. We, we need people who engage who also pray. We need people who will do good works, who will also make disciples. We need, you know, everybody needs to be able to do all the things. We might have special gifts in which we're better at certain aspects at it than others, but it doesn't mean that we operate separately or it it excludes us from doing the other things. And so today, what we're going to be talking about is how can we bring these aspects together in both within, in this particular podcast within a church, and once again, at like a specific gathering church, like one church, <laughs> the little C church. And then uh, our next podcast, we'll be talking about how do we unite them together within an area. So how do we as a body, capital C church in an area, come together to be able to unite in these areas. So, but first let's, let's review the four areas that we're going to be talking about specifically today that need to be united. Yeah, so the first area that we're going to be talking about today is prayer. And you see, we have we have separated prayer from life and from our other meetings and ministries, by and large. Okay, I know we're painting with a broad brush here, but I think that it's really important to notice that, uh, that in many ways, it's very true. So, for example, we've not figured out ways to really weave prayer into who we are as a follower of Christ, of listening to the Lord, of interacting with him on a, on a daily basis. And then inside of our churches, we've taken prayer and we have now made it a um, transitional piece inside of our services in many ways, or as a separate activity that is divorced from all other activities as a prayer meeting. And now we're not sitting there saying that praying in, in your in your singing service and transitions is bad or wrong. And we're not sitting there saying that prayer meetings are bad or wrong. But we are saying that when prayer is is completely disconnected from everything that we're doing, then that's a problem. And so that's really what we're trying to get at here. Yeah. And, and so in other words, prayer becomes basically now just something we do in a separate meeting predominantly, where it, it perhaps in a more charismatic set, setting, it's more through a sense of, you know, worship. But then, you know, even in other more general ones, it's like, here's a piece of paper with a list of things that we're going to be praying for. Pray for Aunt Susie's cancer. Pray for this person's new job. Pray for this missionary. Not that we know too much about it, but, we, you know, pray for them, you know, type of thing. And so, you know, it, we go through down a list and then we go home. And that's about as much as we experience in, in ministries. And that's the people that decide to leave their homes and their lives to just go to the prayer meeting, which statistically we all know within a church is a very small percentage of the church that would be willing to go to just a prayer meeting. So later on, we'll be talking about that needs to be incorporated back into our lives. But then the second one we're going to be looking at is discipleship. Yes. Now, discipleship is, is really something that we now think of it as something we only do with believers and that it's mainly about giving information or, you know, uh, about teaching or preaching at some particular level. 
it's kind of based on the premise that if you know more, then you'll do more. Mm-hmm. That if you believe the right things, if you're thinking the right things, it'll lead to the right action, as opposed to what we've discovered through movement, which is if you do more, you'll actually learn and know more. Really, one of the big problems, again, that discipleship, it really should include all, a lot underneath this umbrella, if not all things underneath this umbrella, is that discipleship, you know, in obedience really is only re- you know, isn't including all the things, just some of the things, you know? So that's why a lot of times we say, like, if we, if people are, we're trying to say like, there are people in our community or our church who isn't discipled, they're referring to things like not reading their Bibles, not tithing, you know, not coming to church regularly, uh, you know, that kind of thing. They're not necessarily talking about evangelism or working, doing good works out in the community or, you know, deeper levels of prayer and intercession and stuff. They're not taught. No, those, no, no, that's for the super Christians, you know, that kind of thing. And so unfortunately we've even kind of divorced discipleship from a lot of things by viewing it as this is what we do to barely get people to operate as what we perceive that a, a bare knuckle Christian should do versus then there's the rest of the stuff that super duper Christians do that maybe will bring up down the line if we can just get them to do these first things. And so, you know, that need that we need to rethink of what we think of when we think of discipleship, both in how we disciple and then also what we think that discipleship includes. Yeah. And the third thing on the list is evangelism. So once again, we've done what you started to already allude to earlier, is that we've taken evangelism and we've turned it to both an event and that it's an action done only by the elite. Okay. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we've also taken it and made it optional. That mm-hmm. if you're not at the event, I'm um, bringing people to the event. So if there's no event around, or if you're not one of the elite who is good at it, who likes it or whatever it may be, then you just don't have to do it. Unfortunately, you know, evangelism is t- and helping people fall in love with Jesus is not optional. It needs to be considered to be a part of the discipling process or else most people never ever develop the habit of going out and sharing stories uh, that they've learned from the Bible, sharing their faith with someone else. Um, It's a point of obedience, just like everything else we do. It is not an option to go out and to tell people the good news, the stories that you have. I'm not talking about a gospel presentation. I'm talking about the stories from the Bible. It is not an option to not do it. Which is really, you know, part of the problem, because again, people think of evangelism, like we were saying earlier, as an event, like we're going to go out and preach on the street corner. We're going to go out and hand out tracts. We're going to, you know, um, there's this one moment in which I'm going to work up the 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 gumption to just give my my coworker a gospel presentation. They don't think of it as a continual process of of how they develop relationships over time and share him over time. They don't think of it that way. And so, you know, so like I said, this this is again like discipleship. We need to rethink of not uh, both how we evangelize and also who does evangelize, like how we that interacts in with our daily lives. And so the, the last area, though, is is good works. Mm-hmm. So 
when it comes to to now what I call good works, uh, you know, in other words, great commandment of love your neighbor as yourself, community involvement, whatever you want. In other words, really helping uh, out there in the community, whether it's the poor, the needy, um, maybe it's also some justice things like helping with our legal systems, our schools, whatever. It's being out there and involved in your communities and, and, and things like that. that's what we mean by that. But the problem is for the longest time, we've separated doing good works from all the rest of what it means to try to reach the lost and, and, and everything like that. And so we've, we, you know, we have our trying to reach the poor and trying to, to help out in our schools over here, but then we have our evangelists over here that are doing something completely different at a completely different time. And there's some dotted lines of hope, as we call in CDM. In other words, some, some vague wishes of hoping that are, that these good works might lead at some point to some conversation sometime but there's no real intention built in or anything to do that. And so, you know, um, and, and so a lot of times, in fact, in our different doing good works, we focus so much on just efficiency. We're not even, you know, getting out as many meals as we possibly can, you know, doing the job, getting it done, doing it at the, at the greatest not amount of number of what we can, that we leave out the idea of developing relationship completely in it. And so we, we focus more upon the short-term results, like how many backpacks we hand out, instead of the long-term change and results that we want to see from these particular good works. Like how are we developing relationships with the kids at the schools, and their families and how they can be able to come to know Jesus. And so we have to start incorporating uh, some of these together. You know, in fact, Rebecca, I have, you know, you were talking earlier about the idea of separating the two and that we've been intentional about separating the two. I've actually been in conversations with groups of Christians where they questioned the ethical nature of doing good works and um, talking about Jesus. In fact, they even implied that to do so was to have an ulterior motive. And we need to share, we need to do good works with, quote, without, quote, strings attached or without an ulterior motive that Jesus served without an ulterior motive, which just blows my mind because I don't know, Jesus sits there and goes and commands in Luke chapter 10 to go into these villages that he was about to reach to sit down and to eat with, with these persons of peace and, and not move house to house. And then he says, and I want you to heal and declare to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Oh, wait a second. What was that about? You know, so I really think that and I get what they're saying They're They they came from a place of reacting to homeless people having to listen to a sermon before they got to eat their soup. I get that. But I think that we've taken that a whole nother level, separated the two and even questioned the morality of sharing the gospel or talking about our faith as we help people through good works. Yeah, well, Paul, I think there's a big difference between manipulating people and um and and seeing them not as people and you know trying to fool them into things versus having genuine relationships that include you sharing you know the why and you know what el what other needs they might have yeah, <laughs> other than exactly. just a full belly and so you know uh, obviously we've we've corrupted it and have gone too far sometimes but guys when we when we are trying to unite 
we all these aspects are floating separately and they lose their power separately you know doing good without leading people to jesus really just okay so we got better fed slightly better educated people on their way to hell but then if we have if we uh try to evangelize people without loving them and caring for our communities then we don't have a lot of credibility. We don't have a lot of people who are opening their hearts to us and what we need. And then, and when it comes to prayer, if it's separate over here, then we're not going to be guided by God. We're not going to be filled with God. We're not going to be led and united by God as we go throughout this, this process. And if we continue to disciple people in our churches outset without actually showing them and uh, how to do obedience and also that obedience includes prayer and uh and good works and also engaging the lost if they don't do those anymore then we're going to have continue to have an ineffectual pew sitters that do absolutely no difference in the world around them so let's kind of bring this down to what we what we're talking about as we bring these things together just as a quick reminder we're talking about the aspects of prayer dis- making disciples or discipleship evangelism and good works okay so what does that all look like when we bring it together first of all i think that we can focus all teaching and bible discussion around the conversations of reaching the lost, taking care of the community as part of the application of those passages, a part of obeying those passages. You know, I grew up Southern Baptist, and Rebecca, you and I are fond of saying that we knew pastors who could take a pastor on a sermon on tithing and turn it into a gospel presentation, a reason why people need to follow Jesus. Well, why do we do that with tithing and we don't do it with the Great Commission and the Great Commandments? Well, if we do that with a lost that walk into our places and we give a presentation, why not with equipping our people when it comes to, you know, reaching the lost and having a difference in their community? Tithing can be turned into that, just like, you know, the lost. Exactly, exactly. So, So that's one of them. So, you know, guys, again, we're giving some examples that is within the church and how the church can be able to bring it together. So, you know, when we're we're talking within our small groups, when we're talking within our Sunday school classes and we're, we're getting down into obedience again, we need to be bringing these aspects of that. How does this help us not just within our own families and our own life, you know, personal lives? But also, how do we reach out? It should always be included. How do we help our communities? How do we reach out of our communities? How do we reach the lost based upon the things that we're talking about right here? Now, when it comes to the aspect of prayer, you know, all meetings and and how we live our lives should have a heavy focal point of prayer, that it's not just this thing we begin and end in anymore. This is an actual substantive activity in what we do. For instance, inside of our worship services, why don't we pray more significantly together? It can be a significant part of our worship service where we we sing a song and then we say, hey, let's let's be praying for our city, for this particular subject. Let's all pray together for a few minutes on this topic. And, you know, maybe reach over and grab the hand of a, the people next to you and pray for this particular, for, for this reason. Maybe you'll have something specific, like have someone come up to the, to the front and give a testimony about how they're trying to reach 
somebody who knows Jesus or something they're doing good in the air, the, the community. And you say, same reason, guys, let's pray for this together. And so now we're, we're actually praying with in our meetings, not saying, hey, go away and pray about this. No, this is a big part of what we do on a Sunday morning is pray for the things we need to be praying for. Right. And also, as we go around, good works ministries would be evaluated and built on how we can develop relationships with those who are lost and how and then the discussions would be around how then we disciple them into a relationship with Jesus. Right. And so, you know, the good works teams should be working along with basically anybody who wants to see people come to know Jesus to be seeing these particular things happen. In fact, Paul, Paul and I, when we coach people, when we get together with them, we say we want people from your 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 local missions areas so that they could be equipped to know how to have conversations that they get deeper so they can start discovery groups that these are not separate things that they're just like they're equipped to know how to be able to to give the food or to provide the service or to do whatever they're doing they know how to be able to bridge the bridge and develop relationships that can lead to starting discovery groups with them but uh, and again prayer is incorporated into this as well. And so we can also be saying through our, our meetings that we have about ministry and stuff like that, that we spend a significant time praying during each of these meetings. They're not just a strategy meeting. They're not just like a, let's get through the five points and leave. But part a big part of that is let's be praying about this ongoing together. And and I think that another way to bring them together is also bringing them together in how we function. Uh, so even as disciplers inside of even an organization like a church, that uh, you might, your role within the organization might be worship. But that doesn't mean that you're not reaching out to someone whose primary role may be making disciples or primary role may be doing this. It does, And it doesn't mean that you're not doing all those things in your personal life either, by the way. We should be always doing it, but sometimes we have roles that focus on one thing. But the worship minister can reach out and say, hey, what's God been doing through through, through our good works? How, how have we been making disciples? What are some stories there? And figure out ways to incorporate that into worship and also bringing in people that may be passionate about prayer and saying and bringing where prayer is now more of a a flowing into and out of prayer as we are worshiping as we are singing to where maybe we're spending just as much time in a um in our worship celebrations on Sunday telling stories praying and singing rather than the majority of it being singing uh, one song multiple 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 times Right. And people on prayer teams are not just saying, hey, send us a list of people to pray for and we'll sit here and pray for it. But they consider themselves as helping to other people in and throughout all the various ministries, knowing how to be able to pray, knowing what the things to pray about and and incorporating all of those things together and making sure stories that are both answers to prayer and then also prayer needs to be communicated throughout all the different places and spaces of of churches and and everything so people who specialize in certain areas doesn't mean they just do it often by themselves they're actively working in all these other areas and spaces to where we have more comprehensive experiences when we get together when we get together we don't just either pray or learn or do good 
we're we're praying and doing good and reaching the lost. A lot of these things are all incorporated together. Well, and that brings up another point. I know that in organizations we have various roles and 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 everything that we have to play. I get that, okay? But that doesn't mean that we can hide behind our role and make it an excuse to be disobedient ourselves. So we've got to all be disciple makers. We have to all be persons of prayer. We have to all be people who are doing good works. We have to all be those who are going out and helping the lost find and follow Jesus. And then as we're doing our, as we're, if we're doing that, if we're living it out ourselves, then the, the focus on the specialization will, will kind of start to diminish because now the worship leader is also leading a discovery Bible study and is in, and then is engaging maybe with at their school with their with their local um, with their kids you know those kind of things it's all starting to come together and now we all have things to share and we see those specializations go down and this is kind of the reason why when it comes to within the church setting we really you know try to help in seeing a lot of these things come together through what we call disciple making communities. So does uh, and really disciple making communities with it is is a small group essentially type of format so that so most churches can easily incorporate this into their normal way of of doing church life but within inside of these disciple making communities we talk about them praying and mobilizing prayer helping the community growing in obedience with the discovery bible study and how they it focuses people more on obedience than just insight when they're looking at the scriptures and then engaging the lost through the sharing and also the conversation quadrants that we tell them to to keep track of their conversations with those that they don't that don't know Jesus that they know around them and and brainstorming how can we be able to help people and develop relationships more with lost people so that they how we even do small groups now incorporates all these things together to where now prayer helping the community obedience and reaching the lost are all equally valued things that are working in tandem together as a community together to go towards a single mission of seeing his kingdom realized where we are that as a result of our knowing god we see people's lives transformed. We see our communities transformed and, and how that literally happens from week in, week out. And so, you know, now it's not something where, well, in our small groups, we talk and get some insights about the Bible. And then in other groups, we actually try to, to help people who, you know, um, help people who are poor. And then some people, some very elite people go out and try to hand out tracts and evangelize. And then on Wednesdays, we pray. It's like, no, we as a community are doing all of these things together in tandem through our disciple making communities. And, you know, the we and what Paul and I have been able to see and the 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 blessing of seeing how all those things work together, it just produces so much fruit in the lives of believers and bring and really encompasses everything under discipleship that it should. All the things, all the obediences that we're supposed to be doing and enjoying as a community together. 
I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you've been listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. Uh, We will be back after the break with our premium content, where we'll be answering the question and and asking it, you know, how do we unite ministries for movement across a region? You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. If you're listening in the CDM app, you can click below or you can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app.